Hey, subscribers, welcome back to Savage Clarity. We're back in action, and I have a very special guest this week. This is I've been MIA. I got a new job and I've been busy AF. And uh, the last thing I want to do after being on a computer all day is get on another computer. But we're back in action and I have a very special guest this week, Laura from Your Sober Pal. Oh, good. Your Sober Pal. And I love her content on Instagram. Handle is at Your Sober Pal. Her website is uh, YourSoberPal.com. And she's been making hilarious content about what it's like to get sober. Welcome, Laura. How are you? I am doing really well today. I also just got a job. So things are looking up for us, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Look, you get sober, you get employed, all the things. <laughs> uh, tell us about how you got started with your content creations. My content creation. So I started SoberPal in 2020, actually, like the COVID shutdown. And I just remember when I got sober, I was super involved in a program and like very into like sobriety and working with people in recovery. And then like life started to happen and happened really fast. So I got a new job. I got into a relationship and it just kind of fell away. And I remember like in 2020, I think maybe the COVID shutdown might've been the catalyst for this, but I felt like I really missed having community in the recovery space, like being around people who understood and got me. Like, I don't know, there's just people who are also in recovery, like they just get you. And totally. so, so yeah, I started Sober Pal and I wanted to make really funny content Cause I feel like that's what I needed when I was in early recovery. Cause sometimes it can feel really heavy, totally. you know? And I'm like, let's bring on some laughs. So yeah, I started with like the TikTok and the Instagram and I don't know. It just kind of grew from there. It's amazing. I love it. I've actually reposted some of your stuff before. So you are six years sober. I am. I just celebrated six years on August 1st. Congratulations. That is amazing. Tell us about your, yeah, fuck yeah. Tell us about your kind of a condensed version of your drinking story and your road to recovery. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> Let's start well, at the top. I know. I'm like, how do I condense <laughs> it? I have a hard time condensing the story. High level, high level. High level. So you know, I grew up in like a super religious like environment. And so there was a lot of like restriction and guilt and a lot of all that stuff mm -hmm. um, growing up, a lot of that messaging. And when I turned 18, I studied abroad and I just, and at the time, you know, or well, still today, but the legal drinking age in Mexico, which is where I went, is 18. And I just kind of like went off the handlebars. <laughs> And I just partied really hard. And I found that I really loved drinking because I was really shy. Like I was just like a sheltered kid. Right. And yeah. super shy. And then it was like, there was this whole new world. And I feel like drinking really brought something out of me that I liked. And yeah, so that was my year that I studied abroad. I was 18 years old. I went to college at ASU, which is like at the time was a notorious party school. So I wanted to go there and my parents said, no. 
they were like oh really no. that yeah. probably was a good move <laughs> yeah I think you yeah because I was uh I graduated in 05 and like the playboy show was on the girls next door and I remember just like idolizing like everything that was tan and in the sun and beautiful yeah. and partying <laughs> like ASU Yep, that is exactly ASU for you in a nutshell. I feel like we got all of the like kids who couldn't get accepted to like the California state schools. (laughs) Didn't want to pay for the California state schools. So, anyways, um, ASU was definitely a party, and so I graduated, and I felt like I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. So I figured, why not move to a ski town and figure it out there? And at the time, I was like oh, I'll just go back to school to get my MBA. And then next thing I knew, it was like seven years down the line living in a ski town. And like anyone who's lived in a ski town or like, what's the word? Like a touristy town knows that there's this like Peter Pan vibe where people kind of fetishize partying and like, you know what I mean? And so when it's normalized, like you don't really think twice about it. And so I just partied my whole way through my twenties, living in a ski town, working, serving tables, even though I had a degree. Um, and I feel like it wasn't until my late twenties that I started to kind of notice that my drinking was problematic and getting in the way. And I didn't like it, but at the same time I was like, yeah, but everybody drinks and like, I don't want to be boring. And I can't imagine my life without drinking. And at that point I was so attached it was such a part of my image and part of my lifestyle. And, you know, so I just kept doing it. I kept trying to, or I try to control it. You know, I'd take breaks a week off here, a month off there, only drink water between my drinks, only have beer, or wine, like all the classic moderation attempts. Um, but every time I went back to drinking, like the wheels would fall off and right. I got a DUI, I got demoted Damn. at work. Like I started to have consequences, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know how I didn't get a DUI. I I mean, I I was kind of good about it. Not I I went to pilot school. So I that was like, I can't get a DUI. But there were definitely times like I crashed my car into a snowbank and had to get a tow. And I was I don't even remember doing it. And like, right. I got in a car accident uh, in the morning, leaving a party. But I had partied all night and like somehow didn't get arrested I like the cop was from my hometown I just have like angels looking out for me because major angels but I've had a lot of other consequences so but it's you know it's funny when I meet people that have been to 12-step programs and I can tell immediately that it was court ordered from a DUI because they call them classes they're like oh yeah the judge sent me to those classes and I'm like meetings and they're like yeah yeah Yeah. whatever I'm like, oh, oh I, I'm so glad you learned something from them. I totally had to do the quote classes as well. And I called them yeah. classes. I yeah. <laughs> so, okay. I'm sorry to interrupt. So you started having consequences. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, I got the Dewey because I loved to drink and drive, which was terrifying. Uh, <laughs> and, but yeah, like my life just started to like, I didn't think I thought I had it under control kind of, or that I was functioning, but I noticed like over time, like I was starting to function less and yeah, it was just becoming a real problem. And so, um, yeah, eventually I got to a point where after trying to quit on my own, I, so I can't remember exactly when I decided to quit for good. There's a couple moments, but 
when that day finally came, I tried to do it on my own because I was like, you won't catch me dead in a flickering fluorescent light bulb lit basement talking about my feelings in some like weird program or whatever. Totally. Um, and so, yeah, so I tried to like do it on my own, listening to podcasts, reading the self-help books, like all the things. So this and- was two. To, uh, 2017 so this is probably like a year before that or a year and a half okay I, I relapsed a lot yeah okay like still though off the wagon, off the wagon yeah lot. yeah uh, the the podcasts there were not any sobriety like a ton of sobriety podcasts then, one. I, assume. I one? remember there was like okay. one sobriety podcast it was recovery elevator which is still around but i don't think it's as popular anymore okay cool um but yeah, it, that was like the one podcast and I loved it. I was like in their like online support group and it was awesome. Actually. I really loved that. I'll have to check experience. it out. Yeah. Um, check out the old episode with Paul Churchill, the host, but he's so good. Um, okay. But <laughs> yeah, I'll tangent, but, um, <laughs> yeah. So, and I, th- you know, those things really helped me, but after so many attempts of trying to do it on my own, I just knew in my heart, like I needed like one-on-one in-person like support. So I dragged my ass to my first like recovery meeting and, you know, and that's when it finally stuck for me and I got a mentor and I started like working a program and it finally stuck. And I think it was really good for me because I thought, I would just be quitting drinking. I don't think I realized that it required like so much more than that, right. To truly heal. Um, and like, I think doing all this, doing all this work, I guess, to heal is what really changed my life for the better and made me someone I really respected and trusted. And it's just been a wild ride since then. And it's gotten better. Like every day it just gets better and better. So it's been awesome. Yeah, you. We really have no idea when we walk into those twelve-step program rooms how it's not just a a program to quit drinking and drugging, which is the main point, but it's like a whole program for living and everything we've been programmed to do up to that point. We have to unlearn and relearn a whole new way, which people don't really realize. And you know, it has a stigma of being like. I don't know, just like for weird people who can't get a hold of their own shit. But really, like I see it as a strength that you can humble your ego and ask for help. And, you know, it takes practice to ask for help because we're raised to believe, oh, like we got this. We're adults. We uh, I'm a grown ass woman. I can figure this out. But it's like, Actually, I'm still a child because my brain has been on alcohol since I was a child. So, and like, also, I feel like that's something that a lot of us have in common is not asking for help. And I think that's part of the reason why we drink so much, right? Right. We don't want to ask for help with various areas of our life. And so we drink over things. Um, Right. So, so yeah, it's a huge learning curve learning how to humble yourself. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah. you mentioned, um, that you were started dating someone in sobriety. No, actually. No. Okay. Yeah. So, so we, we met like a year and a half, I'd say like before I was sober for good, but it was kind of when I was in my sober curious stage. 
Got it. Did you party together beforehand? Yeah. Okay. Super, super. And is this the person you're still with? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. So what was that like? Because I don't hang out with anyone that I used to drink with. I, I moved. I was like, bye. Like I pulled a geographic in sobriety because <laughs> I had to get away from Chicago because it was like too much. Yeah, I totally get that. I mean, I moved from Tahoe, which is where I went to my first meeting to Reno. Um, so it's kind of a geographic, but it's only like 45 minutes away. But yeah, uh, I still actually hang out with like almost all my friends I partied with, which is really interesting. Now yeah. they're all starting to quit drinking, which is wild. They're starting uh, to? They're starting they to are. quit? Yeah, like they're That's all hilarious. getting inspired by sobriety and like quitting it's kind of wild <laughs> I think it's gonna be like smoking cigs like I'm like I'm seeing I mean I don't know I don't know if it's because my algorithms are for this yeah but it's just it's so much more prevalent like it, it is you know all the sober uh drink options and like you know you can find a meeting literally anywhere and I don't know I and I've had you know this is that's a big reason we do this is to to reach more people with the message but um that's amazing so have they asked you for help or like yeah some have some are just kind of doing it in their own way like without a program but like through other yeah. modalities and you know I I always say like to your point what you just said like I always say to people like it's a great time to get sober because like literally 150 years ago, you would just get tossed into an insane asylum. Like there was nothing for us. And then even like in the 1930s, we just had one program, right? And so now we have all kinds of stuff and all sorts of resources and it's awesome. So I love like what it looks like out there right now. And um, but yeah, my friends are like, not all of them, but I'd say like half are probably like, sober or like AF. Um, and then my partner, we actually met on Tinder and her first date was like going to a bar and like drinking super hard. And I remember he was like, Oh yeah, you can totally keep up with the guys. And I think that's so hot. <laughs> and I was like, like say less. <laughs> my dates when I was drinking were like, I would pregame the dates. And then like blackout immediately. Like, yeah. I mean, they were fun. <laughs> Everyone had fun, but I was not exactly dating material. Oh my gosh. I know. I mean, I like, it kind of became apparent down the line that it was problematic in our relationship as it always becomes, you know what I mean? Yeah. But we partied a lot in the beginning. We, you know, and drank and we did a bunch of blow. I mean, it was like, we raged and yeah when I remember being really scared to tell him that I had a drinking problem and that I wanted to quit like I think I was ashamed and I also was scared he was gonna think like I was boring or lose he was gonna lose his party friend but he was super supportive and on board and he was like what do you need from me like I'm super down to support you in this journey and so I identified pretty quick in recovery that like I couldn't be alone like I could not be alone with the thoughts in my head. And while I dated some amazing guys, I think it was like I latched onto them because I uh, didn't want to be alone, you know, and like they're great people. We definitely did have love. But I think um, 
there's two I'm thinking of that I think would have like been so on board if I was like, yo, I'm getting sober. Cause that was the like biggest issue in our relationships was, you know, I would either want to stay out and they, when they would want to go home um, or like I, and I, or I would stay out and not like, I would lose seven, eight hours sometimes, like not look at my phone. And I'd have like 15 <laughs> missed texts. Like, where are you? When are you coming home? Like, are you okay? And I'd just be, you know, standing over someone's kitchen counter doing blow and yapping like, and you know, it wasn't like I was like on the streets or anything. I was always at, at someone's house, but, uh, you know, it was either that or they would have to babysit me and like carry me in my lifeless body home. And, you know, it, it was the biggest point of contention was my drinking. And I noticed that as my drinking progressed, you know, then like, because they, we would fight about it all the time. Like I ended up having to break up with them or like, you know, in my, my rationalization was I'm bored, but like, really it's like, you're seeking even more chaos because you're a chaos addicted alcoholic and addict. And then a relationship I had before my last relationship that I had in recovery, they mirrored how sick I was. And it was like, just fucking like the most tumultuous insanity. Like I, I broke his four foot bong on his hardwood floors. Like I call the cops on him. He'd throw me out of his house in the middle of the night. Like it was like Jerry Springer shit. And it's like, oh, it's all him. But like, oh, like I never realized, like I never could at the moment. Now I see like bitch you were crazy like you both were crazy but you were you played a massive role in that and like now you know I see all that but at the time I'm like he's such a piece of shit like blah 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 and it's like no you are you are what becomes more normal to you is because you're getting further into your addiction like Mm -hmm. your friends that you find are also sick which is why you can rationalize the level at which you're partying I don't know if that makes sense but Right. It makes sense to me at least. (laughs) (laughs) But it's been like, I'm I'm jealous that you have a partner that has been with you throughout your recovery because I, it's dating is fucking hard, sober, like on the apps. And really, I sometimes I wonder, like, I'm like, oh, I wonder what it'd be like to date sober. I bet it'd be fun. Like sometimes, I mean, like, I don't want to because I'm very (laughs) happy, but I'm, always like it can't be that bad like I'm also very social so I don't know no I hear hear it's bad (laughs) it's really rough out here and like in Chicago I couldn't even get a date if I was honest on the apps with my drinking like people were like what do I do with you and then here in in SoCal it's a lot easier but it becomes an issue later and it's like interesting it really does yeah like Yeah. Like I've had guys be like, yeah, no, I think it's great that you're sober and like, you know, it's, it's a good influence. And then like, you know, down the line, they're like, yeah, I don't know. Like I still really like to drink and smoke and you don't. So I just don't think we have a lot like enough in common. I'm like, you're a fuck boy and that's fine. Yeah. But don't. (laughs) If you need a drink to have fun, then flag. Flag. if you need to put my sobriety as a reason we won't work, like right. that's like that's a thing that you want to have most in common. 
coming with someone. Did you have like an epic event that was like, okay, I have to quit? Oh my God. I had a few. Besides so, the Dewey? Besides the Dewey. Oh my God. A blue point two one. And I like still passed the field sobriety test. The cop was like, uh, you're, you got a problem. Um, that's impressive that you passed blowing that high. I know. You're not supposed to take those or get a breathalyzer. I know. Ever. Now, you know, <laughs> now that it doesn't matter. Now that you're drunk. Awesome. I mean, you don't think straight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I- I had a dad who got DUI. So he was like, no matter what, never take a breathalyzer or a field sobriety test. So now I know for next time. No, I'm just kidding. I'll be like, yeah, let me take this field sobriety test, bitch. (laughs) I'll pass this thing with flying colors. (laughs) So your events. So, um, I mean, I have my whole, so like I have two, like, big bottoms that I always talk about my first one is like my whole foods bottom and so now my friends like when they go to whole foods they take a picture and they're like so we found your like favorite hangout from when you were an alcoholic like when you were active in active addiction but I have to hear this (laughs) I okay so like (laughs) so I Carl my partner now lived in Reno and I was still living in Tahoe so we were long distance and he left to go to work one morning on like a Monday and I was I think I had the day off or something. And so I was like, Oh, I'm going to go work on something like a project on my computer. And so I went to this like little outdoor breakfast place and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to have like a glass of wine. Like I just really wanted to feel those vibes. Like, you know how it is when you're like, I just want to like stay yeah. drink and enjoy the sun. Like I have the whole day off and like, I want to work on this project and I feel like it flows. Like my, gets my creative juices flowing, like all the excuses. So, you know, I had the glass of wine and then I was like, you know what? I just really want to have like one more, but that's it. And then I'm done and I'm going to go back home. So I had one more glass and then I was like, I really want one more, but I don't want to like have it here at this place because I don't want them to judge me because it's so early. So I go to another spot and I keep (laughs) drinking and talking myself into one more. And next thing I know, I black out and it's, and next thing I know, I'm waking up out of a blackout. I'm, it's nighttime. I'm standing inside Whole Foods hovering over the buffet thing like literally standing up hovering like over the buffet and the manager is shaking me by the shoulders and she's like ma'am ma'am are you okay and I was like huh and I kind of come to and I'm like what and was happening like how did I get here and I'm like oh no fine I'm fine and she's like ma'am do you need me to call you a cab like obviously I was hammered um, and I was like, no, and I stumble outside to go to my car to drive home after I've been drinking and driving all day in a blackout, a brownout. And I get to the car and I look everywhere and I look inside the driver's seat and the keys are sitting there. And thank God, cause I was so slosh. And I remember it was like that moment. It was like a light bulb moment. And I was like, oh my God, I am an alcoholic. Like I am an alcoholic. I think up until then, like I was kind of like, oh, I kind of have a drinking problem, like kind of that sort of thing. And that was like my first big consequence. And I mean, I'd already had the Dewey, but I still was like, oh, whatever. Everybody has a Dewey. Like, you know, I didn't take it seriously. <laughs> and that moment I just was like, I am an alcoholic. Like what the fuck? And so, yeah, I like call Carl and I'm like, I'm like my, like myself out of my car. I'm scared. Blah, blah. And he came and picked me up and that night I just cried and cried all night and I was like 
what the fuck I don't know what to do I'm so scared I'm so scared of the like who I am like I felt like I couldn't trust myself anymore I was scared of myself and like the fact that I was driving in a blackout was terrifying and I remember like that night I like vowed that if I ever got sober I promised that I would pay it back someday so I was like that was my one rock bottom oh and I should also add during that blackout I found out later I opened my purse and I had a receipt. I went to Ulta and got a makeover. You went in a blackout. <laughs> like in a blackout. I went to Ulta and got a makeover. I bet that girl could smell me from like 10 feet away. Like I don't even, I, <laughs> and like, I forgot, but it, after a couple days, like the memory started to come back a little. And I was like, oh. Oh, like I don't remember what this girl looked like. And oh my God, I would pay good money to like find her and like see if she remembers because I'm like I've and I bought everything she used and then I returned it the next day oh my god dude it's impressive you know I saw a thing on on TikTok the other night about how alcoholics can't gauge when they'll black out because their brain their hippocampus starts to recognize as soon as the first drinks in like uh oh we're headed for trouble and we don't want to know what's about to happen and we're gonna turn off so like yeah so like I I remember one time I went out for sushi and I had a Mai Tai and I woke up at my mom's house and was like how the fuck like I didn't even drink that much I ended up getting driven home by the police from like a sushi dinner because I just like totally blacked out and like I used to that's why I always have to have blow to like balance oh 100% toward the end I was like as soon as I had one glass of wine I was like I need blow like right now Like it, the craving would come yeah. literally as soon as they had like their first step. Yeah. yeah. Well, you okay. Know? So we won't get into the, the drunk logs too much, but I am curious yeah. about your your second bottom. And then you mentioned paying it back. So we'll talk about that and then we'll okay. and then we'll wrap up. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Good point on the drunk log, because I don't like getting stuck on the drunk log. No, but uh, <laughs> well I can't I, believe I can't believe you're hovering over the buffet. That's fucking hilarious. I know. I'm like, and Whole Foods, like, really, girl? But I just, I felt like that was such a, like, an esteemed place to be. So, like, I wanted to be there rather than, like, a dive bar, because a dive bar, a bar would make me feel bad about myself, but Whole Foods, like, wouldn't. I, like, I do remember thinking that through and being like, Whole Foods is, like, that's not dirty. I don't know. It was so weird. <laughs> um, Yeah, drunk, drunk thinking. My second bottom actually I had seven months sober after my last bottom and it was actually my last relapse the last time I drank and I always tell people like because they're like oh resetting the clock blah 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 and it's like I had seven months before this last time and you know I always say like sobriety like there's sobriety and there's recovery right like I think of recovery as like when I first started like learning and taking action to like heal and quit drinking and then sobriety for me is like the last time I took a drink and so sure, that in I that like seven, that. you know uh because in that seven months like I put in a lot of work I had started going to meetings I was doing all this stuff getting involved but then my friend she took her own life and I ended up relapsing at her memorial and I woke up out of so a blackout in the hospital thank you um I woke up out of a blackout in the hospital in Seattle and that's when I was like so devastated because I had lost my seven months of hard-earned sobriety. And at this point, like I knew I wanted to be sober for good. Like I knew I wanted sobriety. I didn't want to moderate or any of that bullshit. 
Um, but I was like so devastated because I had lost my friend and my sobriety, like all within a week. And it was really hard for me, but I think what was really beautiful about that at the same time was I knew at this point, like I had a glimmer of like what was possible in sobriety. Like I was like, I had a glimpse into that life and I knew that's what I wanted. And so I was like, even though I had to start my clock over or I decided to, or I chose to start my clock over. I knew like, I, I was like, that's what I want. And I love knowing that for certain. Yeah. And I got right back to it. I was like, I'm going to keep going, keep putting in the work and it's going to take what it takes. Yeah. And it was the last time I, you know, my last big relapse and yeah, it's been, it's been amazing. It's, it's been six <laughs> years since. And it's been six years, which is so wild. Cause at one point I was like looking at people with two weeks, like they were freaking unicorns. I was like, how do people get to two weeks like that yeah. is so amazing and like now I'm like yeah. and the people in the years category I was like yeah whatever they're like in a whole nother yeah universe. my co-worker sent me a bouquet on my 30 days because she no one no one thought I could do it like yeah. and it was like the biggest deal ever so Cute. yeah and Aww. you know like now it's like I'm, I'm three and a half so I I'm still you know and it's it's wild to Cause you think when you learn so much in the beginning, like the first year, it's crazy how you just continue to learn more and more as Absolutely. time goes on. Um, well, I think, I guess that's everything in life, but <laughs> I don't know. I think I, you're just more aware to it now. Like, cause yeah. I'm clear. Um, so tell us about your retreats and how you give back and you know, what, what fills you up now that it's not booze and wine. Thank you. And thanks for asking about my retreat. So, um, one of the things that's been like so amazing and healing for me in recovery is going like backpacking, which I backpacked before I got sober, but like my relationship with the outdoors has really changed since I got sober. Um, and I just love it because when I go backpacking, I feel so whole and empowered, which is like the complete opposite of how I felt when I was drinking, which was like hopeless and empty. Sure. Right. And I just, every time I go backpacking, I feel like I have so much more clarity. I feel like I have so much more clarity and I don't know, it's been amazing. And so I wanted to start doing like, backpacking 101 courses which is like a hybrid of like a course and a retreat where I teach women in recovery and I guess men eventually but um how to go backpacking and like spend the night in the woods and like feel like a badass Amazonian queen so I am starting that hopefully early next year I'm gonna try to do like a like a trial this year I just got a ten thousand dollar grant from women's net Oh, wow. um, for this idea. And so I'm super excited to try that. And then I'm also, I also do just regular recovery retreats where we hang out in a house and go to the beach and just spend quality time together. And it, that's been freaking amazing. And so, yeah, well, I definitely want to, I definitely want to come to one. So keep yes. me posted. How that's do you feel some- about shitting in the woods? <laughs> shitting in the woods. Um, <laughs> as long as I can bring some butt wipes, that's fine. <laughs> All right. Yeah. You can totally bring that wipe. I always, that's always like my first question. I'm like, how do you feel about shooting in the woods? Like, cause I'm going to have to, I'm going to teach you how to do it. <laughs> and then we're going to be super close. <laughs> that's why I love alcoholics. Cause it's just like straight to the, like, 
fucking nasty shit like i know it's like we went straight for the hard shit at the bar and now we just do it in conversation exactly (laughs) i'm like the worst overshare i have to say i will not i will not overshare i will not overshare and then i always overshare me too i'm the worst with it yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking time. I know you're super swamped with your big girl new job. Follow me on Instagram or TikTok if you need a good laugh. I released a sobriety affirmation card deck available on Amazon if anybody wants to order one. And then actually you need to give me your address. I'll mail you one. And then um yeah, and then that's it. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Of course. Thank you so much for joining. This is so fun. And that's your sober pal, everyone. Tune in next time. Do me a favor. Hit subscribe. Join the Hey Subscribers crew. Like, leave comments, leave feedback. Get a hold of me. SavageClarity.com has links to all my stuff, all my socials. And yeah, welcome to the Recovered Shit Show. 